Paddle Ready Broadcast, believing what it says. Welcome back to Battle Ready. Thank you for joining us. We are in Second Chronicles, and we're going to tr- start in Chapter 14. But before we start, I want to say thank you to all of the ladies and fellows that helped us with Bible school this week. We had a good turnout. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of guests. We had a lot of fun. And I just think that's a good sign for the church that, that we're moving ahead, we're going forward, we're teaching and preaching, and people are doing things inside the church and showing their talents. And I think that's such a wonderful thing to have done in a church. So I just wanted to take a minute. I know that's not our battle-ready stuff, but I wanted to take just a minute and say that. So it'll be down there forever, and we won't forget that we we had a lot of interest. We had a lot of young minds that you could watch and know that they were sometimes like we are when we're reading scripture we never thought of it that way before we didn't realize who the hero of the story was that's the best part and that was the best part that was one of our lessons who the hero of the stories are and sometimes when we go through chronicles and books that are a little harder to understand i think it's interesting that it's we've got to keep in mind who the hero of the story is and what's the purpose of his people and what are we doing and why do we care if they were good or bad? Or what, what, are we, what are we even looking at? So, thank you for joining us. Get your Bibles out. Read with us. Don't let us just tell you stuff. You go behind us and you ask questions. I'm going to fix my phone because I got talking to you and I forgot to do it. I'm supposed to do it before she starts talking. But I'm going to have you lead us in. We are in Second Chronicles chapter 14. I'll just go ahead and readily admit that this section of scripture is hard for me that i've studied out for this lesson and it's hard for me because i like to be able to discern the good side and the bad side the right and the wrong i like to and the bible does that i like to be able to make a lesson that i can apply easily but chapters 14 15 and 16 for me are not that no they're they're and the reason they're not that is because we have these two descendants of David. We have Abijah, who we finished with last week, and Asa, who we're going to talk about this week. And in my mind, in my understanding as I read... I hope we're on good because I can't find us on Facebook, but go ahead. Sorry. In my mind as I read, they're very similar. And by similar, I mean we talked about a great victory that Abijah had by standing on top of a mountain and declaring to the enemy the truth of God and God blessed him, and he caused him to have victory when he was surrounded, not only surrounded, extremely outnumbered, and God blessed him. And I know he did other things wrong, and if you go to the book of Kings, it'll tell you the things that he did wrong, Mm -hmm. leaning on Egypt, leaning on other people, not getting rid of the things like he should. But there was good and there was bad, right? Mm -hmm. But the, the chronicler tells us that his heart was not perfect with God. His heart, he was not considered a good king. And then we get into King Asa this time, and King Asa does a lot of good things. But if you compare, you know, the account in Kings and some the account in 16, which we probably won't get to tonight, Asa also does things wrong, but the chronicler says that his heart is perfect with God. So being that sometimes ignorant and and not able to grasp a hold of it, and tending toward a black and white thinking person that I am what I'm trying to unearth is why is one good and one is bad because I see the same mixture I guess if you go back to where you were talking about with the Bible school and the hero I'm looking for that human example 
And I'm looking for in that human example what I can only find in the example of Christ. But at the same time, mm -hmm. it's not just me saying one is good and one is bad. It's scripture, mm -hmm. it's scripture. calling out that one is mm -hmm. good as one is bad. So there is something there for me to discern mm -hmm. about the way to live my life. It's not just that everybody's bad or everybody's that everybody's good. good. Mm -hmm. There's something there that I need to learn. So I feel like we need to read it slowly and carefully. I think we need to talk about it. And as we compare these two, figure out what is... What is the challenge? What is the difference in the way they meet the challenge that makes God say this man's heart is good and perfect after me? Perfect means whole, complete, and grown up, and the other is not, mm -hmm. right? Because I think that's worthy of note or wouldn't be here. I also say, you know, the Jesus in this story, which we always talk about, if you don't see the Jesus in it, we've wasted an hour. The Jesus in this is there is one perfect king. Mm -hmm. That's exactly there right. is one perfect king who does not let me down and does not discourage me and does not make me feel unsettled because I can trust him. So let me so let me just throw in some mud to mix it up a little bit and maybe we'll come out on the other end of it and get it all sorted out. But something that I think I have found out in my old age is that we really can't judge anybody, right? Because we all have unless scripture judges them no I'm not scripture saying, I'm well not i know that. i'm just saying I'm scripture, scripture says scripture this is good this is bad we got to take and that. he does that there's and 20 that. King, there's 20 kings on both sides and eight of them on judah's side and are I, said and to I be can good judge their actions and maybe we need to go right. through all eight of them to see what it is about them and that maybe that pattern will maybe more. that pattern emerges these two just seem so so similar do you know what I mean? There are some differences. I, I will give you their differences, but they're so diff they're so similar in the mixture of Asa toward the end of his life, but also Abijah toward Abijah kind of does a little bit better toward the end, a little bit worse at the, toward the beginning. But it, but it, there's this mixture, and I guess maybe there's something to it. The way Solomon says it's not the beginning of a man, but the way he ends, what he figures out about this world mm -hmm. that is the most important part. I don't. I, I. I honestly. That like I said. This. These are deep waters that I'm treading. And and, and tread them with me and throw out your comments. Right. And, and, and your things. And you feel have to the say. way you want to. I mean, you may have exactly. thoughts about this that exactly. we haven't even thought about. But one thing I want to keep in mind, and I think that sometimes in the church work, and I don't know where it fits in this puzzle yet. You know, maybe like I said, we have to go through them all to figure out what the pattern is. But but what I want to throw in the mixture is, we sometimes in the church world think we're saved, we're the good guys, we don't ever do them wrong. And that's not true. We have the faults and the flaws and we mess up and we're not perfect and we will readily admit that, but we don't sometimes believe that. And I don't know how that plays into this and maybe it doesn't at all, but there is much more here than sometimes we get out of these chronicled events. I mean, I know the chronicler is just putting this down for us to get to the where we're going to show us where it is, but it is scripture, it is inspired, and he does say, this one's good, this one's bad, this one's heart's right, this one's not right. Judah has, uh, Judah had at least eight, I think it's eight, that were good. Israel had none. So were, is, was, does that mean that every king that was in Israel was horribly mean, awful, terrible, bad? Or does that mean that they were not doing things the way God had told them to do? And they were um, kind of living the split between the two and happy to do so, right? So I think there's big things and little things that make up that good and bad. And that's just, that's just my thought. And I'm not saying very well what I want to get and, said. And, but and just, so I, just to be clear. 
this is not a problem with scripture. This is no. a problem with me. This is us. Scripture's knowing. right. Yes. This is a problem with me. Don't don't misunderstand. True. Scripture is exactly right about what it means. This is this is one of those hidden mysteries that the Bible says it's the delight of God to hide these things and the delight of kings to and find them. And who knows that by right? the time we get through, God may have may said shed some light on it before. We've done right. that many times here, sat here and, and learned something, and learned we something talk. as we go. So let's start. We're in Second Chronicles 14. Chapter 14, verse 1. <laughs> Sorry, you get a little tired here now, did you? <laughs> so Abijah slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David, and Asa his son reigned in his stead. In his days the land was quiet for ten years. So before we do that, recap Abijah. What did he do? Abijah's the son after uh, Rehoboam. Rehoboam. Mm-hmm. He's Rehoboam's son, so he did what? Last week we talked about him standing. We, we said that already, but we talked about him standing on top of the mountain mm-hmm. at war with Israel and being backed up by a, a neighbor. And he's outnumbered mm-hmm. 800,000 to 400,000. He's surrounded on all sides. He declares what God has promised about there will be a king on the throne in Judah. And that if they call on them, he will hear. And he said, we have the Levites here doing what they're supposed to be doing in the temple. Things are going on the way God asks us to do them. And we have no fear of our enemies. And they, even from that disadvantaged position, they routed the enemy out of the land. They took back land that they'd lost to them in previous battles and had a great victory. But at the same time, he did not tear down high places. He did not get rid of worship in the groves. He did not, he leaned later on on other allies instead of turning to God. So he is a mixed bag. He is a okay-ish king and not a great king and a hero in, in Israel, now, according to the, the I wanna, scripture. I want to ask you something, but when you just said that, I don't see, I don't see him backed up by anybody else. You said that, but I don't see him backed up. It says he, he gathers... Um, the tribe he gathers Judah together, but I don't see where he's backed up by anybody. But maybe I said I'm missing the northern it. kingdom was backed up by Shishak oh, of Egypt oh, in verse nine. So you're talking about the wrong. I was thinking the wrong no. side. Abijah. I said not only did he have to fight the northern tribes, but they were also backed up by a neighbor. Okay, so I was thinking yeah. he were meant he was backed up. Okay, and then also don't forget, um, they're the ones that shout. There's the ones that they're um, locked in, right? And he comes out of it. But it also says. Uh, they relied on the God that says, Thus the children of Israel, verse 18 in chapter 13, Thus the children of Israel were brought under at that time, and the children of Judah prevailed because they relied upon the Lord God of their fathers. Mm-hmm. And then it says that in 21, But, 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 there's a but there, Abijah waxed <laughs> mightily but that is in, 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 and married in, 14 wives right but that but is in relation to the fact that Jeroboam died Jeroboam died but Abijah waxed mighty and married 14 wives and, and was like so he he the northern kingdom that we just defeated their king passes away but he's doing pretty good but he doesn't have an incredibly long reign he has a shorter reign than before the king before and the king after he doesn't get to be there as much but um but he also married 14 wives mm-hmm. and begot 20 and two sons and 16 daughters. True. So, but they didn't say that was necessarily a problem. That doesn't say anything anymore about that, but, yeah. but he did do that. All right, so then over in 14, it says, Abijah slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David, and Asa his son reigned in his stead, which means this is Solomon's 
great-grandson, David's great-great-grandson. Mm-hmm. Yes? Mm-hmm. Okay. And Asa did that which was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. For he took away the altars of the strange gods and the high places and break down the images and cut down the groves and commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers and to do the law and their commandment, to do the law and the commandment. Also he took away out of all the cities of Judah the high places and the images and the kingdom was quiet before him. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when it talks about, I'm going to stop for a second. So when it talks about taking away altars of the strange gods, mm-hmm. when did they come in there? Because we thought, well, I thought we did that back here. Solomon let them in. Rehoboam tolerated them. Mm-hmm. Abijah tolerated them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he didn't take. So Abijah did not take away the altars of the strange gods and, and the high which places. Which doesn't mean he didn't believe in God because obviously he did from what we read last week. Doesn't mean Solomon didn't. didn't, but we brought that up. But remember? they, but they were still there, right? And we said that about Solomon. He, we thought he thought he. We said we thought he was smart enough to know they weren't really gods at all to begin with. So and he, he was wasn't worshiping. And no. he wasn't right. So it's okay. So, we'll be, but it says that Asa took away the altars of the strange gods and the high places. The high places are. Where they, initially, at the beginning, there are places where they went to worship in rebellion to worshiping at the temple as God had commanded because they'd found a new way they wanted to do it and a way they wanted to express themselves religiously that wasn't in accordance to Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. They wanted to do it in their own way. So they had these places in the wilderness. Eventually, they're not, they're not worshiping Jehovah at all, even in pretense. And they brought in a pantheon of other gods to be worshipped in those places. They became awful places of idolatry. They began as, we worship Jehovah, of course, but we're going to worship him our way. That's how it started to be. Okay. And all through, all through these Old Testament books, you'll find a king that tolerates it. Mm-hmm. And says it's not that big a deal. They're still worshiping, you know, let people worship what they want. We're not going to worry about that. And then you'll find a king that gets rid of them all. And when they get so, rid of them all, starting with this one, when they get rid of them all, they take it down to the Brook Kidron. They melt them all down. They crush them all into powder and they pour them in, in that Brook Kidron, which has a, a lot of scriptural meaning when you realize that Jesus stepped over that brook on his way to the cross, mm-hmm. that he stepped through that that falseness as the living God who went to Calvary. So think with me, though. So, let's go back to great-great-grandpa because we talked about David bringing the ark up and the guy who passes away because he pushes on the ark and David gets all sad and tore up. And then he calls the Levites and he says, do this right. Make sure you're doing do what God it said to do. Do it the right way. Don't just do it. Don't just do it any old way. Do it the right So for God's sake, in, in his word... In my opinion, it's important. What he's done here is important. If he's taking him back to where you're supposed, you can't. You got to do it God's way. You can't do it the way you just right. You got to do it the right way. David had to learn that, and Asa evidently has figured that out. For he took away the altars of the strange gods and the high places. He broke down the images and he cut down the groves. Now, what's in your in your scenario, what's the difference between the grove and the high place? Nothing. 
just different locations, mm -hmm. different storms of or forms of alternate worship. Again, in the groves, we're worshiping spiritual naturalism. You're not worshiping Mother Earth, God. Well, Father Nature, or, or Mother Nature, Father or Earth, I worship God. Or I wor I'm a spiritual person. I do it in a spiritual way. I don't have to follow the rules. And if you remember, David's angst was all because he didn't do it the way Leviticus and Deuteronomy had said to do this, how to move this ark, right? Mm -hmm. And then they have to get it straight and they get it right, and then they have a great celebration. All right. I just think it's interesting that in verse 3, there's a lot of things there. You can't read that yeah. verse and go fast. That's because he took Asa didn't just say, okay, we're going to worship God. He really went to the heart of the matter and took away their places to worship, broke down their images, tore up whatever kind of, if they had, you know, there were people who, you know, like in uh, Ephesus days, there were people who were selling these gods or making these gods. I mean, he broke up. He's a, he's a Martin Luther. He, he breaks up a, some stuff. He's a Whitfield. This guy's a reformer. Mm -hmm. He's a, he so he's realizing the spiritual condition. Like even though my dad had great victories and won battles in the name of the Lord and and believed in the Lord because mm -hmm. he spoke to God directly and had God answer. The condition of our spiritual lives needs reforming. We need mm -hmm. to go back to, and that's what every reformer all through history has done. Let's go back to what the Word of God says. Let's read it again like it's the first time. Oh, and how and true do is that? It. How true is that? I mean, we have talked about that right? here. How true is Pret that? Pretend you've never heard it before. Because what and do let's we do? read it again. Because we put our own thoughts into, and I think that's what Abijah did too. I think he's like, well, it's okay. Or you'll read it. Or Solomon, it's okay. You'll because... read a Bible verse and somebody will say, but let me explain that. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you what that doesn't mean. Let me tell you why it, it doesn't, doesn't say mean what this. you mean. And I, and I know that that's very easy to do, but I don't want to be guilty of that. I want I to go back and read it like, here is what it says. Mm -hmm. Now let's let's believe it. And I will tell you, I have been in church a long time, and doing that, slowing down, don't read it, because I don't have to read that slow. I already know that story. Stop. Don't do that. Because when you read verse 3, you miss, this didn't just happen overnight, right? If I'm taking away the altars of the strange gods and the high places and I'm breaking down your images and I'm cutting down your trees where you're going out into nature and I'm, dis and I'm disrupting everything about anything that is not what the first five books say of the Bible, then I've done some big work right here. That well, one verse is big work. Now, I mean, it doesn't not to say, depress you. It doesn't say he's perfect because he messes up again. But not to depress you. But if, if we're if we're seeing him in the light of a Martin Luther or a reformer, it's kind of disheartening to me. I, I'm not trying to depress anyone. I just no, want to throw this okay. up because we're going All through right, this. Right. But Martin Luther, who we, this great reformer, and and the theses on the wall of the church, and you know, letting everybody know this is what the Word of God says. Let's go back to what it says kind of lost it at the end. Mm -hmm. He said horrible things. Mm -hmm. He said ungodly things and unright things. I, I still believe saved, still believe made it. You know, I don't know. I can't so judge you that. still think but what his I'm heart saying was is, right with God? No, I don't, I don't know. I don't things, know. Right? I, I don't know how his heart was. Mm -hmm. I know that there was a turn. There, here's the thing. It's like, that's the thing about following any human. There you go. That's yes. the thing about any human being is physically they can fail yes. mentally they can fail 
spiritually they can fail yes personally they can fail they can get and sometimes and, we do and you're it trying all to different ways and you think okay so us figuring out the good guys and the bad guys we do need a guidebook we do know god need god to say i saw his heart and here's what it was mm-hmm. because i I struggle with people all the time, and the struggle is real. It is true. And the struggle is also with myself. It's like, if you know the Word of God is true, why do you entertain that thought? Why do you mm-hmm. slip in that way or fail in that way? Yes. Why do you make that mistake? Because we, we like to think that once you know the truth, that the Scripture says, no, I'm not, but the Scripture says to do it. Mm-hmm. Doers of the truth. That is what we're called to be. It's a commandment. Mm-hmm. And we think, no, no, why do I fail sometimes to be a doer? of the truth and why do i slip backwards and why, why do the do people i, I see around victory? me say they mean that but they don't mean that look what they did and what they said and and that is where you get in the weeds and you listen to an accuser because you're accusing another man's but servant. this is accusing mm-hmm. but the word also, of god accuses and judges he absolutely not does. just now i don't but mean satan accuses says, you falsely and he accuses you rightly too but he also it's like he's all over the place but the scripture does not fail to say Here's wrong. Mm-hmm. In David's life, who's hard after God, and everyone else is like, this is wrong. Well, why does and he do okay that? And it's okay for us why to know that. Why does he do that? Why? I've heard people say, how can he be wrong and this be a godly book? How could God do that? It's the only book that does that. Mm-hmm. Why does it do that? I think there's a couple of reasons. True. I think it's because it's truth mm-hmm. and because it is these are pictures and examples of what Christ is and what Christ is not, right? David But what in human nature is when you say that, human nature says, well, then I don't have to worry about it. If we all do it, then I don't have to worry about it. And that is not what's here. That's what is what here says. is not don't worry about your sin. No. It is these things are wrong and they cost you dearly. They do. And there are consequences. And you need and to not are, do yes, that. Yes. And at the same time. There isn't anybody that doesn't have to have that conversation with themselves, which is which is what I started which to say. Which doesn't make it okay, but there's I, not anybody but that's that doesn't what I was have trying to deal to with say that. When we when I said that about when I, we were talking earlier about the wheat and the tares, we forget sometimes that just because we become Christians doesn't mean we're perfect wheat. We still have battles to fight and sins and to be forgiven of, to do. and things that we have yeah. to turn ourselves around and get straight back to God because we still are flawed and we still fail and we still think wrong and we don't look at everything right verse 4 says and so asa and after doing all that commanded judah to seek the lord god of their fathers and to do the law and the commandment also he took away out of all the cities of judah the high places and the images and the kingdom was quiet before him. Why do you think Scripture went to such lengths to say in verse 3, he took away the high places and break down the images, and in verse 5, he took away out of all the cities of Judah the high places and the images, and the kingdom was quiet before him. Usually when it says something twice, it's an important something, mm-hmm. and that's something that we should look at. If we were going to do that today, Let's think about that for just a minute. And this is just off the top of my head thought. So if you don't want to go there, don't go there. But if we were to break, take away the altars of the strange gods and the high places and our images and groves, what would we get rid of in America? 
You're talking about a national religion, which our country was founded on not creating. Mm -hmm. But if you did it, what would you do? Do you know what I mean? What would the images be? What would the strange gods Anything be? Anything that is not biblically Christian to make it. See, we're in a bit, a bit of a different situation. Yes, we are. But go I'm ahead. not making excuses. I'm just saying that's one of the things that I say that that we. But uh, we we have a nation where we're built on religious liberty mm -hmm. that the government shall make no law. Establishing, establishing a religion. Mm -hmm. So that means we didn't say, even though we are a Christian nation, even the Supreme Court of the United States declared that in a ruling, that we are a Christian nation. That's still in the books, by the way. We, we are not a Christian nation in that this is the only type of church we will have. We will invite religions from all over the world and ensure that they will not be mistreated if they worship here. Mm -hmm. Much like... Rehoboam, much mm -hmm. like Solomon and Abijah. Abijah. It, it, that that religious tolerance aspect. Where and this is you can't forget about, this is Old Testament versus New Testament, and you can't forget no, this is no, a no. singular nation. family nation right. born of God, dedicated to God, created by God, guided by the God. The point I was getting to, though, but, was I mean, more it's, in it's line a little. With we even maybe i should have said it this way what if we were to do that to the christian religion in america mm -hmm. what would we do because i think sometimes we set up things because we're not sure god can take care of it so i think i'll put this here so because i can take care of it he can't and the truth is he takes care of it all right we mm -hmm. if we i said that wrong so i see what you're saying and i agree with what you're yeah. saying and we do have to remember that this is the story a about israel and the birth of the christ and here comes the line yep. of that scarlet thread that goes through all through i get that yeah but if we were to take the christian church then and get rid of altars and strange gods groves. and high places and groves there is a lot of things that have crept into the christian religion that need to get out of there and you need a whole lot of wisdom because there are things that okay there are things that we would say this can stay mm -hmm. this can stay this is traditional and right this is the way I've seen it done so this is the way the church ought to be mm -hmm. probably have no business in the church at all you probably if if you had God's mind on it there's probably a lot of things that would have to be thrown out that you dearly love mm -hmm. That our church dearly loves, mm -hmm. in a way. Do you I know what so. I mean? Because I in Christ, when when we, it's different than having the temple as that center of worship. The temple is represents Christ, mm -hmm. but now we have Christ in us. So we are the temple. We are the church of the living God. We, the people. So like now, if a if a group of Christians met anywhere, that's a church, mm -hmm. and that's okay. Because where two or three are gathered together in my name, I'll, I'll be, be in the midst, midst right? Yes. So it's just, it's interesting, like, when we talk about, if you if you really did think about that thought all the way through, the groves and the high places might be the jewelry of the church itself. Mm -hmm. Because the groves and the high places are the things you say, well, I, I like doing it this way. Mm -hmm. I don't want truly God to reign or truly to believe what the Word says or truly to be in obedience to Holy Spirit and let Him have His way. I like a service to run like this. I like a preacher to sound like this. I like the music to sound like this. And since I want to do it my way, and that's all I'll tolerate. And if it, depending on who you let throw out the groves and the high places, 
So what does God what would look you at lose? Then? Because he looks at the heart. If the Holy, you know, if you have a if you have a meeting of religious people, you're not all going to agree on everything. Well, but not. if you have a meeting of religious people and the Holy Spirit is not ruling, because He's God, mm-hmm. in that meeting, you have a dead church. You mm-hmm. have a grove or a high place. Mm-hmm. Even I if agree. it looks very traditional and beautiful and, and lovely music and wonderful sound, and, and people really like it, like people's flesh really like it, mm-hmm. right? They, mm-hmm. they say this is a great place. It's not. It's not alive. Mm-mm. It's accomplishing no. nothing, except making you feel like you've had a religious experience, which is what a grove and a high place did. So I think that that's a really interesting question that people should comment on. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and don't get mad at each other when you do. But there are a lot of things that should be cleared out, mm-hmm. and it's anything that makes you. Uh, this, sound, this is going to sound wrong, but comfortable not listening to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Anything in, in a church that makes you comfortable and again, not having to be obedient and, and, and but interact again, with the Spirit. In these three or four verses, it always comes back down to the heart. Mm-hmm. What are you doing and why are you doing it? Right? What's going on? Are you using this just to win a battle or do you believe this? See, he hasn't had his battle yet. So from the very beginning, he's had 10 years of peace. Right. And he's walked into peace because of Abijah. Uh, And because of his heart, right? Because it says, and he took away all those places and the kingdom was quiet before him. Mm -hmm. I just think that sometimes we, myself included, I guess I've been on that kind of a quest myself. What kind of things do I require of myself? God never required that. Mm -hmm. I came up in a kind of a guilt. But he does require Grieve not the Holy Spirit. He does require He does require love the Lord better with your than whole sacrifice. heart. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Love he does your require love. Love right? your neighbor as so yourself. Love have, the Lord your God with all your heart. We always right. we always the run Lord, dash down here God. to the neighbor, and I love right. that, but it's the Lord first. The Lord first. And it's just like you said earlier. What I You have so many things to do because of things that are going to be happening this week. How can we not... And I do this, and this is this is a flaw, maybe, I don't know, maybe nobody will understand what I'm saying at all, but if I don't show up for church, I feel like, how can I say he's such a good blessing to me, and then I don't even fool with, I just, well, you know, it's not convenient today, and I'm tired, and I don't want to. Now, I'm not saying you can't ever do that. I can't say you can't be sick, because you do. People, we do that. I miss church sometimes, so I do that. But when I'm torn between, ah, I don't want to go, and ah, how can I not put that first? So, I don't know. I think it's a good inventory to take of ourselves, myself, mm-hmm. because there's a lot of things that creep in that someone said somewhere, and you and I have had that discussion. Someone told me somewhere this, and you'll say, well, why did they say that? That's completely, that scripture don't say mm-hmm. that at all. Why do you mm-hmm. even think, why does that even cross your mind again? Well, I have to clean those things out. Mm -hmm. And maybe other people have to do that as well. So again, reading it like for the first time and applying what you read. And he is tearing down, like you're talking about, like you don't necessarily know. We we would be shocked sometimes by the things that we're doing that are in contrary 
yes. to what God would have us do. But he's not, and here's why, he's comparing it to the written word of God. He's saying, okay, the written word of God says worship this way, and they're doing it in a grove, they're doing it in an idol, they're doing it in, mm -hmm. a, in a high place. He's going by the strict by the book, book mm -hmm. and saying, if it's not here, we're taking it down. And I don't know where it was. I don't know if, we've, if I've read it in advance or if we read it before, but the scripture was very clear to say they had no teaching Levites. They had no teachers. Well, it's right in this It's either this one or 15. But but having not had that, I'm sure there's people here that don't understand why he's even and doing that. And probably a lot stuff. of people are not going to even understand why I have a problem with this chapter because the problem doesn't come to the next chapter. But I mean, but still, still that I'm saying, I'm just letting you know that all that we've read that is good. There's also some things that you think. That's not so great. What's going on with you, Asa? Mm -hmm. I yeah. mean, I, what, what, where did you take a left turn here? And just figuring out that God can see into that heart mm -hmm. and, and has that grace for everybody. He does have grace for everybody, but he knows the ones that truly are turned and the ones that truly are not turned right. toward him. And we don't heart. always. Know. And, and, and that's that one of the things that I know I've said this a bazillion times before, but one of the things that I try to remember when I'm in any situation is God protect me from myself because what seems right to me or what feels good to me may not be the right thing that I'm supposed to do and sometimes it all hinges on a decision and you don't realize that the reason you did it was the wrong reason you know just protect me from myself all right let's go to verse six sorry I didn't mean to belabor that point but I thought that was a good um, fettering, fettering out of that verse six and he builded fences, I'm sorry, this is Asa, and he built fenced cities in Judah, for the land had rest, and he had no war in those years, because the Lord had given him rest. Therefore he said unto Judah, Let us build these cities, and make, them, make about them walls and towers and gates and bars, while the land is yet before us, because we have sought the Lord our God, we have sought him, and he hath given us rest on every side. So they built and prospered. And Asa had an army of men that bare targets and spears out of Judah, 300,000, and out of Benjamin that bare shields and drew bows, 204,000. All these were mighty men of valor. What do Here you comes think, this challenge. What do you think about the building up of the cities? I think it's great. You're, you're looking out for your people. You don't... <laughs> He's That's got true. peace, he's got time to do something good, and he says, let's make sure everybody's safe. How does that apply to me? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so in what are you the, thinking? So I'm thinking in the good times, right, when things are good, we still have to build up our cities and make, mm -hmm. our, make our, so we have to build our strength when there's, because sometimes those crises hit, you don't have time to be building up your strength then. You have to have it in hand before you get there, right? Yeah. So like a good leader of a or a good king, he's making his places strong before mm -hmm. they need to be strong. And yeah. we need to do the same thing. That's just a very little thing, but that's just kind of an important thing to me. And notice he has how many people now? He has 300,000 and 200,000 score 200,008 so he's got 580,000 people and remember when his father was fighting what did he have he had 400 so he's got it he's got, he's it's increased mm -hmm. more people right yeah now I don't know why that doesn't I don't know why things like that jump out at me but that's the kind of thing that it's like science and numbers what okay. what happened here where'd that go 
So I think that's important that they're building up their walls and towers before, while they're in peace, before we get to, here's verse 9. Um, but I want to say one more thing. Go ahead. I don't know why I'm saying so many things. This is you. Say You're supposed to say some more things. But these were mighty men of valor. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. After you did the Bible school thing this week <laughs> and you talked about the men of valor and who's the... I just, I don't know. You need to speak to the men of valor, David's men of valor and these men of valor. Why? That was just such an, I don't know, that was a really good lesson and the kids were just all paying attention to you. And I think you should share some of that. I don't know what you want me to share. But what I shared with them was that God raises up men that are leaders, that are strong, but the two biggest lessons he teaches you through those leaders that are his mighty valiant warriors is that to God be all the glory mm-hmm. for every single victory that we win, right? Mm-hmm. And that only God deser- deserves our glory and our praise. Those are the two things that, like, if God has strong men, they've got their heads protected, they've got their hearts protected. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're, they're right to their with right God. king. They bow to the right king. They never bow to the wrong Who one. Who is the greatest hero or the greatest man And their valor reflects the value, valor of their maker. I mean, that's, there's a, there's, we, we live in a nation that devalues manhood and oppresses manhood and suppresses manhood, mm-hmm. makes it seem like it's an evil thing. Mm-hmm. Or but, a stupid thing. But mighty men of valor valor who fight for the right things fight for the lord fight for their families fight for their communities fight against evil mm-hmm. are one of the greatest gifts god's given us and they show him to the like when we were talking to the kids about david's mighties and abraham's valiant mm-hmm. rescue of his nephew lot and this kind of thing you you give them a champion to look at that when i start talking to you about jesus you get a glimpse of that great mm-hmm. and mighty warrior. You mm-hmm. get a glimpse of who he is, the rescuer, the protector, mm-hmm. the provider. And if you don't have that, like you take that away from our kids and you make everybody mm-hmm. bluey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? If every story you tell your kids is, is, a, is a story about not hurting somebody's feelings, right? What, what is to recognize in Christ? about that like what what is in that that points them to a great the most champion. wonderful part of bible school this week was i think in my opinion she had a whole four or five rows of kids and she was talking about the mighty men and she was talking about their bravery and she was talking about what they did for their king and she was talking about the king then what he did for them but then she said but who is the most valiant man of all who is the hero of the story and when she said, who is the hero of the story, there wasn't a sound. Because every child in here was looking at you to say, who is the hero? Because she had told about people killing hundreds and thousands of people. I mean, she was through several war stories in mm-hmm. Scripture. And who is it? And when she said Jesus, it was like, oh, mm-hmm. you could literally hear the, in the kid's voice, that Jesus, yeah. he and is all the, the enemies hero. he slew. And, slew. and, 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 and that's, I don't know, I think it's important that Scripture points out that these men were mighty men of valor. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty important. strong compliment, I think. Okay. I do too. Now I'm done, I'll go on. So here comes the battle that Asa's going to fight, right? 
And there came out against them Zerah the Ethiopian with a host of a thousand thousand and three hundred chariots. That's more than five hundred eighty. And came that thousand, thousand. unto Marisha. Yes, how much is a thousand thousand? Million. And we've almost doubled. Mm-hmm. Again, we're outnumbered. Always we're outnumbered. Just like the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> then Asa went out against him, and they set the battle in array in the valley of Zephathath at Mm-hmm. Marishoth, Marishoth. And Asa cried unto the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing with thee to help whether we with many or with them that have no power to help us. I love that. Have it you heard that matter before? How I, I read it all day today. I thought, well, that, you hear that, that is before? with many or with few, right? Where did you hear that before? Gideon. We heard it with Gideon. Remember, mm-hmm. he took him away. He took him from, what, 3,000 down to 300 or something? That might not be the right numbers, but mm-hmm. he took him way down to nothing. You heard that with Jonathan. Mm-hmm. Remember when mm-hmm. he went into the Philistine he camp? He said, Lord, you could, it doesn't it matter doesn't how matter. many you have. And he tells his, his yeah. person with him, he said, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. We might, God might be sending us. Who a, knows? God might just use us and, yeah, right? and bring us the victory. Right? You don't know. But we never think that when we're well, in our own battles. Of we're ourselves. not mighty men of valor, apparently. Well, I'm, I'm not because they tend man, to but, think that. But Lord, it is nothing with thee to help, whether we with many or with them that have no power. Help us, help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on thee, and in thy name we go up against this multitude. And God said, "Use common sense, because you know you can't be, <laughs> you can't fight a million people with five hundred thousand people and win." Is that what he said? I love that. No. Don't forget that last line. He doesn't say that. He makes it personal. And I love this. O oh Lord, thou art our, our God. God. Let not man, man prevail against you. thee. Mm-hmm. It, in other words, Asa says, this isn't even a battle between me and this uh, Ethiopian. This is Zara. And by the way, at that time in Ethiopia and the surrounding land, there's, there's a strait of water and on both sides was one of the mightiest kingdoms on the face of the earth, one of the richest and most feared. Mm-hmm. And he's saying to this, to God, he's saying to God, they're not really fighting me. They're fighting you. You don't want to look silly, do you? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I love that attitude. And like, you would think God would be like, good grief. But, but God, he rises to that challenge every time someone gives it. When they say, Lord, don't let them say something bad about you. Is he enough? Right? Is he enough? But he loves to prove he can be counted on. But I'm going to tell you something, and and this will come true in Hezekiah's story Mm -hmm. down the line too. There's no way that he can make this statement and in any way count on God's assistance had not the first five verses happened. Absolutely. You cannot wait till that moment and say, Lord... This is really a battle between you and Zara the Ethiopian. So I'm doing If nothing. you haven't taken down the groves and taken down the high places and restored worship to the way it's supposed to be. And not only that, though, not just those first five verses, building up your sen- building yourselves up, getting your city well, fenced in, but getting even at the that, work it takes to the, do that. The work that it took was we're, we're going back to the way it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I can't get into a bad situation mm-hmm. and count on the Lord's rescue plan. If I've not been living for the Lord at all, and then all of a sudden, now he still does things like that. Yes, he does. Sometimes he does. And contrary but, but, but to our opinions, the yes, confidence he does. that you, that he has in making this to statement, say that he'd have is to because have he's, that he's already done. 
what he the could do. The difference in that prayer would be if he hadn't been, it was it would be something like, "Oh God, can you help us because we're right. we're up our... And God could or and could, could let you have your consequences. Absolutely. But he, but he, he do that here he's too. got a different situation here. But he doesn't say that. He says it's not nothing. It's not it's, me it's not, fighting. He's he's after you. Yeah, he's because after these, you. Why? Why would he say he's after God? Because they're not fighting God. They say they're coming up uh, to because get him. this reformation project that he's begun in his country, I guarantee you, is not popular with his neighbors around who worship these false no, gods. I'm it's sure. not popular with probably a lot of his own people. Mm-hmm. Because when you say this is the way it's going to be, that's what I meant when I said down here. Well, who did it affect yeah. when he started? Cutting down the groves and tearing up the images. and It took religious authority away from a lot of charlatans and a lot of people who did not have their life right with God. That did not care what God had to say about things. Mm -hmm. So, Sound like anything you've heard of before or going to hear about in the future? Yeah. Right? So, O Lord, thou art our God, let not man prevail against thee. So Mm -hmm. what did God do? Verse 12. So the Lord smote the Ethiopians before Asa they were smoke. and before Judah. Did I say smoke? No, I meant you smoke. Did. No, you did. <laughs> smoke. And That's something Ben and I say, I will smite you. You will be smoked. <laughs> Go ahead. So the Lord smote the Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah and the Ethiopians fled. Why does it say before Asa and before Judah? Is that just a commentary? He's just saying that? Why does he say that? The king and the nation? Yeah. He's showing them all. Yeah. Right? He's not just showing Asa because Asa asked. He's showing Judah also that this is what the results are from relying on God. Mm -hmm. I still think, before we go any further, I still think if we, if we, why is it when it gets hard, and you know this to be true, why is it when it gets hard that people stay away from church. They stay away from God instead of running to God. If Asa had run away, this wouldn't have been as effective, right? God Mm -hmm. does what God wants to do. I can't say what God would or wouldn't do. But he goes straight to God and says, this isn't anything for you. This isn't hard for you. And yet, I've done that. And the consequence of what I what I wanted done didn't happen that way. It happened a different way. So he doesn't always, he got, I mean, this isn't magic. I, I guess I want to say that because sometimes people think it is. If I do good, I get good. If I do bad, I get bad. That was the whole thing about Solomon's Ecclesiastes and Job. You know, if I, he does what he wants to do. And yet... I truly believe he could not count on God's assistance had he not been in a right relationship with God. What he did, did count. What he did established the fact that he was trusting in the Lord. And he was saying, I'm going to believe what you say, so we're doing it this way. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to believe what you say about it. It doesn't matter if there's, if there's a few or, or many. You're able to do what I've seen what you've done in the past. I'll see what you do now. I do think there is, I don't mean, you know, good things only happen to good people and bad things only happen to bad people. I don't agree with that statement. And I really want you to say that. But I absolutely do believe that my life today, this minute, is as good as it is and it's pretty good because my family, my parents, my grandparents, their parents, their great grandparents, 
believed what God's word said, gave their life to the Lord, lived in a way that honored him, not perfectly, not sinless, not nope. flawless in any possible way, but took their babies to church and raised them for the their Lord heart. and taught them the truth. And I can look and see that, but for the grace of God, mm -hmm. because of what they believed what he said, where my life would be different, where I'd be suffering so much more. I think I cannot make the statement that, now I can make the statement, God will do whatever he's going to do, but I cannot make the statement, it doesn't matter what I do, he can do, it does matter. It, it does matter what I do. And, it, and, and people right now struggling spiritually, you may be struggling because of things your great-grandparents decided about mm -hmm. God and what to do mm -hmm. and to keep you away from the Lord. And it's not really that important. And this is more important. They've mm -hmm. made decisions. You may not even realize why you're in the condition you are, but you don't have to stay there. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the thing I meant about the other kings when, like, so, sometimes a king, who, you take a king like Ahab, who we're going to talk about later, who, who is an awful king, mm -hmm. but he'll turn to God in a moment of despair. Mm -hmm. And God, God will say, okay, mm -hmm. he can do that. He He's can, God. Because he God, can do that. Because God knows what needs to happen, not but just I what you want. I absolutely believe that the choices we make to trust him, to love him, to honor him imperfectly as they are, are hugely impactful. And I love Not that. just on me, but on everyone and else. And I love that statement. It's because both. I believe that too. I believe that with all my heart. I just think we... When someone wants to pretend or play, they they say, "See God, see God. It did, God didn't do anything. He he didn't help me. If he's not going to help me, well, then how can I believe what he says here? Well, there's a lot you more didn't to it. There's anyway. a lot more to it mm -hmm. than just that. You can't. It's not magic. And I say that because I've heard people say, well, it didn't work for me. It's not magic, but it's magical, and I'll tell you why I say that, okay? Because I feel the buoy of that every day in my life. Mm -hmm. I told Adam just the other day, we were talking about him. My son Adam's getting ready to go to college in the fall. He's got several cousins going to college in the fall. He's got several friends going to college in the fall. And we were talking about that, and I said, Adam, I've always felt like like in, in times when I didn't know what to pray and I didn't know what to say and didn't know what to do, that I was being carried by my dad's prayers, that mm -hmm. I was being carried by my mom's prayers, mm -hmm. that my grandparents were praying for me, mm -hmm. my church was praying for me. And I said, that will be there for you too. Mm -hmm. But I said, you need to seek out the friends and the people dear to you that you don't think it's there for. And you need to pray for them. Mm -hmm. Because, it, and what I mean, that faith of it matters. It matters. It matters it what you matters. do pre-battle, pre-challenge. Yes. Before before the enemy's at the gate. Have you built the, up those have walls? You, have do you, you have the ability to walk, on, walk out and say, God can do this. It doesn't matter how many are over there. It doesn't matter how many are on our side. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if anybody agrees with my side. God can take care of this. Do you think Asa could have said that if he hadn't done all the other things? I don't know. I doubt it. I doubt it because he has to know what the word says to know to do all these things and to and like I said, there are examples of people who, in desperation and a life of horridness, call out to God and, and God hears. is graceful and hears and answers. Mm -hmm. But you'd be so much better off. Yeah, there you go. You'd be so much minute. better off to put your life in the, God's order, mm -hmm. follow what he has to say. I see Christians all the time upholding the most abominable practices and they're 
the Christian church has, is, I heard preachers say one time that we are 10 years behind the world. He said, the modern Christian church is 10 years behind the world. The world says something's okay, and for 10 years the church goes, no, it's not. The Bible doesn't say that. We can't do that. But then in about 10 years we go, well, I guess it's all right. I think he's right. Mm -hmm. I think he's right because, because their standards and their beliefs and their practices aren't based on like what Asa is doing, going mm -hmm. back to the Word of God and doing it the way God says it to do. Their standards are based on what's acceptable at the time. Do my neighbors think I'm okay if I say this is okay? Do my, do my friends think better of me if I agree with this practice? Do, that's how they make their decisions. And that's not the way And that's not decisions. the way to make decisions because you are not, you are not to be, the Bible says to be a friend of God, to be an enmity with the world. In other words, you are in opposition to the world. If you are going to be God's friend, you cannot be in lockstep you with the way the world thinks. You can't trust what man says. And if says. you are, you're not a friend of God. That's that's literally mm -hmm. the, that's the antithesis of, of that mm -hmm. statement. You're not God's friend. Mm -hmm. You don't have a relationship with him if who you care about pleasing mm -hmm. is this place. Because he's not in agreement with this place. He's not in agreement. And, no. I, and, and, I see, says, and, and they mean it. They say it in such wonderful, kind way. No. When God says no, he means no. And I wish it didn't hurt so many people that he, that they, that but they will think of all kinds of reasons and ways and and every kind of thing to every do what sinful I practice. want to do anything that I want to do that elevates me beyond. I mean, it's just it, that's why I said beyond back earlier here. What did that affect? I mean, taken away it. What did that do? That's it's hard to admit that we need to bow our hearts and our head and our. We talked about the helm. We talked about the armor of God in Bible school, and she was talking about the helmet of salvation covering your your brain and your heart, the shield of faith, no, the breastplate, the breastplate of, righteous. of righteousness covering your heart. We have to learn how to bow our heart and our head to God, mm -hmm. and that isn't that isn't something you just magically do. You have to get into the Word, and if you're not reading it, you don't even know what you don't even know, right? And don't bump up against it and say. That doesn't. Agree. That can't be right. I don't. See I don't it. like that. I don't want to do that. <laughs> right? Because that's not the way it works. I always thought, I, and I know I use her a lot, but when I think of Vivian, there's a lot of things that Vivian would say, and she'd just take it right out of the book. And and one of the things that she said a lot to me was, "Yeah, I know. It's easy to like the people that are easy to like, but you got to like the other ones as well." Well, I don't want to. <laughs> right? I don't want to be an influence there because I don't want to like them. Uh, it's not, I don't, I shouldn't have to put up with that. No, you got to turn, you're, you're showing what Christ would do. What did he do for you? And that was always the for you part. He does that stuff. He loves us despite ourself. Mm -hmm. And he loves us when we mess up and he loves us. He's not out to get us kind of a thing. He's out to get us because he wants us to be part of his family. But he's not out to just swack us upside the head and say, look how dumb you are. Well, I'm done with you. Right. And we shouldn't be that way with people, but we are. I know sometimes I am. So, I don't know. When when he calls on the name of the Lord and he says, and ain't nothing, help us. I don't think, I think the Bible says a contrite, um, what is it, a uh, spirit, something about a heart and your heart. If your heart and spirit's in the right place, he's not going to turn you away. Mm -hmm. He's not going to not do what you ask. Yeah. 
So, verse 12 says, The Lord smote the Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. All a million of them. <laughs> and Asa and the people that were with him pursued them unto Gerar, and the Ethiopians were overthrown, that they could not recover themselves, for they were destroyed before the Lord and before his host. Wait. And they carried away very much Who's spoil. That? The host mm -hmm. of the people fighting. Do you think or so? Or the who the Lord sent to fight with them? Right. His host. Mm -hmm. So it says. They could not recover themselves, for they were destroyed before the Lord and before his host. Mm -hmm. There were there were some people fighting that weren't in the army. Mm -hmm. I agree. Had to be. Mm -hmm. Then they, we don't think about that. Do you think they're there's around anybody, us all the time. Do you think there's anybody fighting for us? I know when there we are. Don't know there are. I know there are. I think there are too. But it's not a scary, mm -mm. haunting, ghostly thing. It's not scary to me at all. That's not the word that comes to my mind. But it is thrilling. It is thrilling when you read those accounts, like you have Elijah on the side of the mountain with his servant. He says, Lord, open his eyes. Let him see. And he sees a host of God's angels. That's my very favorite Armed in battle. And he's like, don't you, why are you so calm? What's wrong with you, Elijah? Look around. Open his eyes, Lord. Let him see your host all around me. I think we would and be terrified just to if we know could see that, that you are always not the only one there that God, not only is god there but he, his mighty host his angel is around you remember and daniel you. daniel's daniel. gabriel and they say hey we heard you the first yeah, time we heard you when you called but we we were doing this over here but now we're here but right? they are here mm -hmm. and it says that sometimes we entertain angels unaware have to because mm -hmm. they're they're at work mm -hmm. on our behalf and he sends them to lest help. lest you think at any time that you're alone mm -hmm. you're not you're not no. And sometimes. And that's as true. If that's not true, throw John 3.16 away. Mm -hmm. Throw Genesis 1.1 1, 1 away. Throw it all away because the Bible says they're here. Mm -hmm. And they, they are here. And they, they fight with us and for us. And when we're, we to are. To strengthen us. And remember, in, even in Jesus' temptation, it says the angels ministered to him. That's why Asa can say that. it doesn't matter if there's many or few. You You've got, got your own. Mm -hmm. Yep. You've got your own. I don't know. That's a pretty big point, They fought too. with David. They fought with Asa. They fought, they, they fought with they Gideon. They fight with a lot of they people. They fight all the time. They're, they're, they're around us. And that's my favorite. That really is one of my, that's my number one, except, you know, except for Jesus. I'm not, I don't mean that. But my, open your, just, open, just his open his eyes. Let him see. Just for a second. Mm -hmm. Let him see. And let heaven break in on reality for a minute. Because heaven, evidently, Jesus mm -hmm. said, he told one scribe, he said, you're not so far away. Mm -hmm. It's closer than we think. I don't understand heaven. I'll readily admit. I believe everything the Bible says about it. But I can't quite put it all together in my mind. Again, says, I'm not smart enough. But it also says but it's not entered into the heart. So it's not entered. You can't. Sometimes in the lids of scripture, heaven breaks through mm -hmm. and it does this remarkable thing of like, it puts your backbone back in place and it puts your blood back to pump in and it makes you think, wait a minute, what am I worried about? Because God is in control and the host of heaven is at his disposal. God is a good, big enough to do it himself anyway, but I'm surrounded by mm -hmm. those who are also created by him and love him and serve him just like me. I'm not mm -hmm. alone.
Mm-hmm. Right? I, that is such a reassurance. That is such a and not pretend. Holy Spirit moment. And not thought. pretend, right? No, that's real. That's real. And um, and just for the sake of time, and I would love to just stay on that topic forever. Let's finish uh, this. Verse up. fourteen says, "And they smote all the cities around about Gerar, for the fear of the Lord came upon them, and they spoiled all the cities, for there was exceeding much spoil in them." So not only did he deliver them. He gave them. A he treasure. gave them treasure. They smote also the tents of ca- <laughs> they smote also the tents of cattle. That's they what it says, yeah, right? That's what it says. And carried away sheep and camels. They fought those abundance. tents. <laughs> <laughs> they beat the cows. They beat not the cows, the tents. <laughs> oh, sorry. They took the cows. They smote also the tents of the cattle and carried away sheep and camels in abundance and returned to Jerusalem. And so we're two more nights from here, like next Saturday and the Saturday after, we're still going to be on Asa. And if you are a reader ahead, I'm going to warn you about chapter 15 because that's where I bumped up in today and I went, he did the what now? And, and I want you to read it very carefully because I came to some great reassurances as I did my studying on on chapter 15 that I want to share with you next time we're together but read carefully because that's one of those places that you can easily say now what is God condoning here and what is happening and here why, did he let that do why that? does he say, think that's a good thing and I want you to be careful be cautious with yourself keep this in mind God is right and we are wrong and every single time that we butt up against it it's us that needs to change our heart, us that needs to change our mind, and we don't have it yet. Mm-hmm. So just uh, just and as a word of encouragement, and never assume this. you know more than the Bible does because you don't. You do not. And I'm going to end with this because this is in my Bible, and it was at this page, and I think it's relevant. It's Revelation 7:12. It's something we said here in Battle Ready, and one of our friends laminated it, said it to me so I would have it, and I could pull it out and use it whenever awesome. I needed to says saying amen blessings and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our god forever Forever and ever ever. the angels say it yeah we can say it full-time job thank you for joining us keep your bibles open stay battle ready